Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 103 of Midweek Metagame. I'm Harry MTG, joined by my two regular co-hosts, Patrick Robertson. Good evening, everybody. And Gable Nassif. Hey, everyone. It's good to have uh, the whole the whole crew, the whole team. The gang's all here. Well, well, well. The whole gang is back, like Gab just said, but also, Gab kind of won a tournament this past week. There was the Red Bull uh, Open Untapped. Wait, let me get this right. The Red Bull Untapped International Stop 2, which Gab won division something bronze, for. Bronze division, yeah. The bronze division. So while, yes, I'm confused about that now, Gab will break all of that down soon enough because we're going to be talking about that first obviously that was in standard we're also going to be getting into a bit of historic this week as gab has been focusing on standard historic uh and then obviously modern towards the end of the episode so hopefully there'll be uh some timestamps in the description of this episode as if you didn't want to listen to anything i just said skip to what you want to listen to but um yeah i guess before we get into things the podcast is brought to you by card market those who don't know what that is it is a marketplace online to buy anything card game related you don't even have to buy things. You can sell things card game related. So it can be Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, Magic, whatever you like. Go check them out. They're insane. You can buy singles, sleeves, deck boxes, uh, bags. Oh, it's nuts. Go check them out. Support. They support the cast. They're amazing. Cardmarket.com or cardmarket.eu. And uh, yeah, I guess if you would personally like to support the podcast, though, alongside Card Market, you can join the Patreon. Patreon.com slash Midweek Metagame. No pressure to do so. But that's the best place to support us. And we have a new patron this week, Tucker. Thank you so much for supporting our content. We really appreciate it. Woo! Thank you. Thanks, Tucker. But yeah, like I said, Gab, you know, I was a bit confused about this Red Bull result. So why don't you enlighten us with what this tournament was and uh, how you placed? Yeah, so it's a free-to-play tournament. It's on Arena. It was standard. It was, quote-unquote, Eastern time because that was the second stop. The first stop was European time, so it started at uh, 9 in the morning for me last time and 3 in the afternoon this time, which is kind of ironic because I think that's better time for me anyways. Um, I'd much rather start playing at 3 in the afternoon than 9 in the morning. And uh, decided to play that instead of the Modern Challenge. And yeah, it was fun. I streamed it. A bit of a lull in between rounds, but it was nice to watch other people stream. Arno was streaming it. Seth was streaming it. Uh, Algram Boa, which they, they all did pretty well too. So that was that was probably fun to to watch. And you also had Red Bull do giveaways in the in the chat. That was nice. They gave away like couple couple boxes, good stuff to like Modern Horizon two and. Mystery box, so fun event, free to play. 1,200, 1200 people signed up, and I think the total price pool for the one stop was $20,000. And the way it worked is you had eight rounds on day one. You needed to place in the top 64 to make day two, so you needed 6-2 record was good breakers, which was my case because I started off 6-0. and or 7-1 or better. So I decided to um, play Grixis Lear. I figured I would just build my deck to be green and white. I assumed green and white were going to be the most played deck because they had the best results over the past few weekends. There's always people playing is it turns, and it seems like the good players manage to do well with that deck, but overall, when you look at win rates, it's always green and white uh, that do well. So 
decided to play Grixis Lair. You know, it, it wasn't, you know, I decided to play for fun. I didn't want to sweat it too much. It was our world's deck. The deck is fun. So when was that? Build it, you know, my main deck was focused to be green and white. And I uh, I got paired against a, a lot of a lot of green decks on day one, lots of mono green, some blue-green ram treasures. No, no is it decks on day one. Maybe mono white ones, I don't remember. I was six and zero, oh, and unfortunately, I lost the last two. I actually lost the last two against two green decks after beating them up all day, and um, it was kind of close. Like one game, I lost involved my opponent having two snakeskin veil plus a fight spell out of their four card hand, so that was kind of brutal. But um, you know, I was a bit disappointed after day one. Still happy to make day two. I was disappointed because the way it works is that after the eight rounds of Swiss, they split you up in four divisions. So one through 16 is division one or platinum, 1732 is another one, et cetera. So, you know, I was in the last division because I, I went 6-2, 52nd. A lot of people on 6-2 didn't make it. So I was in the bronze division, meaning that on day two, I was playing for only up to 500 bucks, whereas people who placed in division one were playing for the grand prize of $4,000. Uh, but but still good. And on day two, I just uh, you know kind of cruised. I actually beat the the few blue red decks I played against. I played against blue red dragons a couple times, and and I got there a little lucky, especially in in the finals. Uh, I totally dodged is it turns, which was probably good for me because game one is you're basically close to zero percent game one, and you're you're decent after sideboard, but not always enough to flip the matchup around. Maybe you might remember that um, Jan managed to beat Andre in top four of worlds. Uh, he actually even won game one somehow. It was, it was you know, well played by him and also obviously a little lucky. But yeah, I, I went two and one uh, on day two to make top eight. Like they play you, they make you play three rounds of Swiss and or modified Swiss. It's the structure is a bit convoluted and not necessarily totally fair because Seth Bernstein went 7-0 on day one, then he drew into day two uh, to be in the top division, and then he 2 his first uh, two rounds on day two to make top eight, and then he lost his very first match of the tournament in the top eight to, um, you know, I guess I guess that's how a top eight works, right? You, no yeah, matter how much you win before. What's that happens at a GP as well, right? It doesn't matter if you top the Swiss. Yeah, and, and he still got 500 bucks, so he's got, he, he won as much for losing in, the quarters than I, I did for winning my division. Um, so I think the, the structure is like fine and pretty fair overall, but it seems a bit complicated for no no great reason. Yeah, I don't really quite understand why it would be structured that way. Is it just to make it the, the day two component shorter? I guess you just kind of only have to play three rounds of day two swiss and then you can make your cuts rather than having to play out some way of seeding the top 64 players in the top eight it does give you a pretty clean structure on day two there's every match count on day two which is cool and there's that is a good thing. there's also something to play even from for the you know sometimes in gp day twos I think there's even been events in, in Pro Tours or GPs where you make day two and you can't win the tournament anymore. And I guess in this case, it's also true. You can't really win the tournament anymore. But 
Yeah, at least means that every every match matters on day two. I like that they've used multiple multiple top eights though. I think that's something that isn't explored very much in Magic. Yeah. What do you like about it? Um I don't know. I mean I feel like the best the best part of a tournament is is when you're playing in an elimination round for money. Like I, I, I hate winning ins. Like I hate the pressure from a winning in, but I love the pressure from like a quarterfinals, semifinals, finals. If you get what I'm saying. Yeah, no, it's cool. It's true that more people get to play elimination matches and high stakes matches, kind of. Yeah. No, as I said, I think the it's a little complicated, but it's kind of a cool structure, and it means that day one matches matter a bit, a bit more. It is weird that they allow intentional draws, maybe, but I don't think it's a big deal either. Because what happened is all the 7-0 players can join the last round to make sure they're in the top division, whereas maybe that if they lost, some 7-1s would have better breakers. Um, and it is also true that the breakers matter a lot. There's a lot of 6-2s and only a few make it. So that's a little unfair, but I do believe they pay out gems to everyone who has a record of 6-2 or better. So at least that part kind of, I mean, it's not much. It's, I think it's 1,500 gems, which is a draft, maybe 10 bucks, 20 bucks. But at least you get some some kind of small payout. It's really hard to kind of complain, though, about this, what is essentially a free tournament series with $20,000 yeah. worth of prizes at every stop. It's a pretty impressive piece of marketing from from Red Bull, really considering, I've heard I've certainly heard more about this tournament series than I had about you know a, lo a lot of the the more recent kind of wizards wizards related things. Yeah, where did you hear about it? Uh, just Twitter. Twitter's the only place that I pay attention to anything at this point in time. Quite often, my wife asked me if I've read the news. I was like, no, I just I just scroll through Twitter mindlessly all day. That's that's the only content I consume. Yeah, <laughs> my my sole source of information these days. I don't yeah. know, I feel like it was just more talked about. But I guess the thing is, the reason why it was more talked about is because people are like, oh, I didn't do well in the Red Bull tournament. Whereas you don't really have many randos playing in PT. You, you have less people tweeting about the PT because not as many people are playing in the PT. Yeah, it's right? obviously it, far more analogous to a Grand Prix. Yeah, yeah. Like an open event, right? Yeah. Yeah, I guess maybe also OP's lost so much goodwill in the past few years that People kind of don't even, which is, I think, kind of a shame because it creates kind of a vicious circle that people don't don't like talk about the event. I don't know. I feel like people, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like it's weird that you guys say you've heard more about this event than I guess like an arena championship, like the week leading to an arena like championship. Part of it's kind of through the official channels and stuff like that as well, though. I just I felt like some of these like some of the last. MPL events just had no promotional material from like the magic, the magic fan, you know, the magic kind of main Twitter accounts and stuff like that. Whereas, you know, obviously there was like very few qualified for the events would, would would tweet about it or whatnot, and so there was a bit of stuff going on. I mean, my timeline's fairly well populated with just magic stuff generally, so I'm kind of tapped into these sort of things. But at the same time, I feel like, yeah, I just, there was just a bit more chatter about these Red Bull stuff. And yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's just like, you know, I'm just kind of remembering 
remembering the yeah. bits that I heard and kind of blocking out the other bits I wanted. But I certainly heard a lot about it, and which, you know, kind of, you know, that's all. That's all I really wanted to say. I've heard plenty about this. Not as much of a comparative thing. Yeah, I love how much like as well as. Don't forget Red Bull. At, I believe the prize pool was twenty k, right? Yeah. 20k prize pool, free tournament, and then if you go onto their Twitch, they're giving away boxes of, like, Modern Horizons 2, they're giving away, like, goodie bags and stuff, like, they spent way more than 20k on this tournament, and, uh, I think maybe it's more of, like, a respect thing, you know, like, they're paying so much to us, so other people feel like they should tweet about it and stuff, because that, this tournament, to me, was awesome, to me, I feel like, Red Bull are setting the example of how to run a tournament rather than Watsy setting an example of how to run a tournament. I don't know if that's true. I mean, I I enjoyed playing a tournament. It was the excitement around it was cool. I had a lot of viewers, you know, despite the delay. But the tournament didn't run especially fast compared to you know big tournaments. I mean it ran fine, you know, but it was still 15 20 minute downtime maybe between each round even after like the, the end of the round was over and i feel like you're just forgetting what grand prix are like uh, they didn't have they didn't do they didn't do coverage either you know i'm not saying i'm i'm, I'm just trying to like put, i feel like there's like some bias here i'm not saying they did a bad job i think they did a good, good job you know and you know the giveaways were cool and the, the people, the, the admin, I was who were running the tournament. Some of them are, you know, magic judges, etc. Everyone did a good job. Don't get me wrong, but I feel like it's just like kind of fantasized a bit, you know, just how do you say um, rose uh, lenses? Rose-colored glasses. Yeah, <laughs> I, I do. I do, I do I agree that there might be a little bit of just kind of like seeing what we want to see in 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 this sort of, sort of analysis, but on the on the other hand, I I think this is kind of what maybe Watsy had in mind when they were like, oh, we're not going to be supporting professional magic anymore. They were, they've always been hoping that someone else would come through and fill the kind of fill the, the 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 prize money purse essentially, and you know Red Bull coming along and doing something you know pretty legitimate like this is a step, certainly a step a step toward that. You know you know Star City starting back up again. We're going to talk a little bit about the Invitational, I guess, that's coming along this weekend, like the first big paper event. Yeah. So we're starting to see third party tournaments crop up more and more. And uh yeah, I, I don't know. It's a pretty cool thing. But what about standard? Like I'm 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 still pretty pretty interested. I've enjoyed the games of that I've played and that Griffith's Lear deck is pretty sweet, I'll be perfectly frank. Do you do you feel like you've got a pretty good a pretty good green matchup and white matchup overall with the deck, despite you know, taking those two losses to it? So yeah, funny enough, I ended up going Two two against is it dragons and quote unquote only like I don't remember maybe four two against green, because I, I was twice to green on day one on day two I was once to mono white. Um, but yeah, basically, if you look at the data of the past few weeks, it's been green and white doing the best, and also the the teamer teamer treasure I think, uh. Kind of list either similar deck, to right? yeah, similar to the prize or maybe inspired to by the prize list. You know, I know I played against blue green ones ramp once. I played against teamer dragons once, but they had epiphany. It was funny. I was actually playing the match, and you know, you get open deck list, but I I kind of went for the deck list and I saw innkeeper dragons, 
blue lens, blue cards in the sideboard. And I was like, oh, okay, it's the prize deck. And mid-match, you know, I'm in, I think I'm in a good spot and I'm taking a second look to make sure to, to kind of see what I can lose. So I'm like, oh, they have four epiphanies in the deck. I, I hadn't even realized because uh, the prize didn't have epiphany. Yeah, you could definitely lose to that. But yeah, without looking at the data, just from looking at what how people do, how the pros do, what, what I see on Twitter, I feel like green and white are, are the best deck, but if is it turns might be the best deck if you play it right? Because it seems like the good players who pick up the deck, they, they do well. You had Arna, Ushenbash, Seth, and Thierry at Grand Bora, the, the French streamer, who, who all played the deck and all, uh, I think they all placed top 16. Uh, so maybe the deck's just really skill intensive and it's actually the best deck. Uh, yeah, if you look at the data actually for the last weekend, is it turns out a pretty solid showing 53.3% win rate, which is not, not the best, but, but still okay. And uh, is it dragons only only went forty five percent win rate? I was gonna, but, I was going to ask you what you think of your 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 dragons matchup compared to the the, the is it turns matchup because your deck doesn't really have very many ways of removing goldspan dragon in it outside of the uh, the unsummons. Yeah, no, I really I really decided to ignore these decks. I was hoping that you know, especially for free to play field, I was expecting. And I was right; the green and white were the most played deck. But it was still like, you know, is it Dragons and is it Turn were the, the two next most played decks. And um, the matchup, so I think when you're playing the Grixie Slayer deck against is it Dragons, your game one is kind of okay because they don't have Galvanic Iteration. So they play a somewhat fair game, you know. Their threats are still annoying, Goldspan Dragon's annoying, Time Walk's scary, they have the counters. But if you draw well and your draw lines up well, you kind you kind of can go one for one and and grind them out. And you're actually the one with the the two galvanic iterations. So game one is not too bad, but I think it gets a little tougher after sideboard. Whereas against the turns deck, game one is really bad because you basically have almost no counterplay. They're playing a way more unfair game with unexpected windfall and four galvanic iterations and four time locks. No creature, so your removal's totally dead. And after sideboard, go blank is way more effective against them than it is against maybe Goldspan Dragon. They also usually have less hermits. Usually the Dragon decks has four hermits, whereas the turns deck only has two or three. And your matchup becomes much better. It's still not great, but so it's kind of weird that it's a little reversed. You, card you've mentioned multiple times that like galvanic iteration is this card that we've seen just like more and more decks pick up in large and larger numbers is it the sort of thing where like it's there to just kind of as act as a, a combo piece or is it are people just playing it for value now it's both it depends on the games against creature decks you know you copy you copy spells all the time i was not playing windfall but in the grixis leer deck you can play uh you know windfall or two if you want to to try and copy them with iteration and then sometimes you get to eight mana and you get to copy the time walk. That's also great. Uh, I haven't played the the turns deck that much actually, so I'm assuming. I mean, I've played it a bit. I'm assuming you're mostly trying to to copy windfall or survive to time walk. You know, copying a divide by zero is also su super sweet. 
Um, it helps you fight also other iterations. If they go iteration time log, then you can go iteration divide by zero, uh, stuff like that. It's just pretty solid card. I was thinking about it though in the Grixis Leader deck. I was boarding one copy out a lot, and I was wondering if, you know, when we were testing for worlds, we felt like two iteration was kind of sacred cow. You know, you can't go below two. You really need the two copies. But I, w I wonder if um, if that's the case. Another card that I hadn't played with, and I, I played, I ended up playing, you know, kind of on a whim. One behold the multiplers to Mary Delusion, no windfalls. That's a card that LSV had been championing when he's playing the deck. And in my small samples, it was really good. There was a lot of games where I went turn to suspend, turn free. It, it works well with Fading Hope. You go turn two for Talia, turn free, cast it. And usually the problem is that if you take that line with Behold, you usually don't have anything to do with the one mana left over. But in this deck, it's not the case. So that card was excellent for me. I do like the idea of splitting between Deluge and the... Um, and Behold the multiverse. Yeah, yeah. The original idea, I think, also in the turns deck, it was that if you copy Deluge, it's expensive and doesn't work. Whereas, well, I guess it's pointless. We point that it's expensive. It actually doesn't work. So it's for windfall or time walk, etc. But with Behold, you know, you foretell it, and on turn four, you can fire off iteration plus Behold, and that can be that can be good, I guess. I don't know if in practice it comes up that often though. So yeah, standard, I feel like standard in a nutshell for me is green and white are still really good, but if you palette it well, it seems like is it turns might just be the best deck. Yeah, I completely agree from my extensive standard testing. I've, I've got that as well. <laughs> All right, glad, glad you can second, uh, second that. <laughs> Anyways, standards, I think spoiler season might have started. I'm not sure. I didn't get a sad. I didn't get a. I didn't get a spoiler. I don't think Spike got a spoiler card yet either. Um, When's still the waiting. I'm gonna get a spoiler. That's the real question. Didn't we get one already, or was it Card Market that got one? We were meant to get one, uh, but they messed up because they thought I was a Card Market employee. Oh. Do you remember that? Yeah, Watsy thought I was a Card Market employee. So they were like, yeah, you can give it and you can have it for midweek metagame and blah, blah, blah. I was like, sick. They gave us the spoiler. And then, uh, uh, what is it? The card market were like to Watsy. They were like, why are we listed on the website as a spoiler when we don't have one? And they were yeah. like, oh, we gave it to one of your employees. And they're like, who? <laughs> and they're like, oh, Harry MDG. And they were like, he's a freelancer. And then they were like to me, are you an employee for Card Market? And I was like, no. And they were like, why'd you tell us that? And I said, I never said that. <laughs> and I go back and read the DMs, and they just said to me, hey, if we give you a preview, can you put it on Card Market's YouTube? And I just replied with, yeah, I can. Yeah. Can I also put on – I said, I can also put on Midweek Metagame and my YouTube. And they said, okay, that's great. That's kind of so. bold of them, like kind of – rude of to just be like yeah yeah anyways yeah I think so no we don't have a spoiler <laughs> yeah i don't know if there's like a lot of big standard events left there's uh ptq next weekend on arena but that's uh, historic probably get all into that as well but yeah that was, that was standard um i had some really good games too the the format is maybe a little stale but the the games they're not all sweet some games are pretty one-sided but overall Still a pretty fun format, I think. Maybe Epiphanies 
a, kind of an annoying card. Maybe Chariot's a bit too good, but you still have White doing well. You have Treasure decks. Um, you know, people are still... There's not the biggest diversity, but it also it's also a small standard, right? It's also as, as small as standard guess, right? Yeah, it's it's five set standard, and it's you know, going to have a new set in like 30 days or whatever. Yeah, so... We'll see, I just I don't guess. know what people. I just don't know what people would want if they don't want this sort of standard. Like it has like four decks or whatever, and there's a bit of there's a bit of counterplay. The games are pretty solid, and like you know, even Chariot and Epiphany are like not egregious offenders in terms of kind of you know the way they the way you play the game. At least like I, I agree. I, I haven't I haven't disliked playing this standard format. At least you don't sit there for hours losing to Teferi. You lose pretty fast yeah, when they yeah. get double time walk. The game's pretty yeah. much over. But it's also like eight mana with, you know, Galvanic iteration that can be dead a lot of time. Even Epiphany, you know, if you're a bit too far behind, sure, okay, you cast Epiphany on turn six, okay. You get two one ones. Uh, if you don't have a strong follow-up or you're way too far behind on board, you're just going to lose, so... I completely agree. I, I think it's really nice that they have control finishes at the end of the game as well. That's really important to me. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying they should keep printing time walk effects, but I feel like it's not I, as bad as... I could certainly know. live with that. Time walk effects being really good in standard for a bit. That'd be great. <laughs> should no, we... I certainly no objections to this format at all, though. Like, I, I think you just leave it and... You know, new set will come, it'll add something. And, like, honestly, the, like like you said, I think the gameplay is actually pretty solid. Yeah. No, there's, there's seems to be, you know, if, well, I feel like all the, pretty much all the best players did, did well. I mean, small sample, and I'm sure I'm forgetting, you know, not you know, some good players that didn't do well. But, you know, Seth, Arna, and Thierry all, all doing well. That um, it's, It was cool to, it was like, all the streamers did, or not all the streamers, a lot of the streamers did well, so that's probably pretty hype for people watching. Should we move on to Modern first, or Historic? Might as well do Historic A to get all the arena people uh, yeah. happy and in one, one area. Yeah, I don't have a ton of great insight. I've been playing Historic, but I've been playing Semi-Memes deck. I've been playing, I played a little Gabzan, you know, it's Abzan, it was not especially good. I um, I played a bit of Nibdex. I played a version with Blood Sun, Lotus Field, Stifle, and the, the Blue Red Niv. Um, that was the list I got it's from Holy Legal and Historic. From Holy Diva. Which card? Stifle. Yeah, for some reason, Stifle is, is, is legal in. Uh, and historic, I mean, it's fine. There's no fetch lands to stifle. It's not even that good. But yeah, you can stifle Lotus Field. You also play Pact of Negation. You can stifle the, the five mana trigger if you don't want to pay. And if Mr. Perrin's a pretty good finisher, you get to play Iteration. And they have an arena-only card that's called Sarkhan Wanderer to Shiv. It's a four mana Planeswalker. It's a red and free loyalty four. And it has some arena unique abilities. The plus one says that the dragons in your hand cost one less colorless and you can pay colorless mana to cast them. So basically, if you play it on four and take it up and you have a Niv in hand, you get to play Niv on turn five, no matter what's your colored mana situation. It also has a plus one that conjures a card named Shivan Dragon into your hand, meaning 
you get a Shivan Dragon in your hand. So what, another line can be like, turn four, you take it up, get a Shivan. Turn five, you take up the other ability. Your Shivan costs one less, you play it for five. And you know, Shivan turn five is not very good in in most cases, but in the longer games, I, I did win a few games just against a mono-white deck. You know, I, I went removal, 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 Sarkhan, get a bunch of Shivans, start casting Shivans. That was pretty cool. And it also has a fertile ability, no ultimate, but the minus two is it deals free damage to target creature. So honestly, it was much, I think it's much better than Chandra in this deck, Torch of Defiance. It's much better than the three mana Sarkhan that adds two mana for Dragon. Sure, you can maybe play a Niv on turn four, but that's honestly kind of a pipe dream most of the time. Um, so yeah, that card's pretty cool, and it's the, in the line of these other cool arena-only cards that, I, that I've played with, and that I feel they did a, a really good job at balancing, and they're fun, and yeah. Um, so so that deck was kind of cool. I played a, the, the Blood Sun Lotus Field version that I tried to play without it, just kind of blue-red control, without Blood Sun, without Lotus Field, without Stifles. And that was also pretty decent. Um, just a pretty solid deck, but nothing too special. So, you know, I, I haven't gotten back into playing the kind of tier one decks yet. Uh, John Food, Is It Phoenix? Um, what else? Auras. I, I did get paired against the player who was number three on the ladder, who could very well be the top historic rated player, honestly. Well, you know, some people play standard, some people play historic, and it's it's the same ladder, so you all know who's been playing what. But um, yeah, and they were playing Abzan Auras, actually. They were playing white-black Auras with a splash for the one to Enchantress. That was the only green card I saw. So it was, it's always cool when you get paired against someone who's really high on the ladder, you get to what they're playing in. Uh, I did win game one with my blue-red deck, but then I lost the, the two sideboard games. Uh, to be fair, I won. I won game one when they just went turn one. I was wondering why they were playing because they were rank free Alurus deck, and their draw game one is concealed courtyard go, concealed courtyard go, turn free, land, get, put Alurus in my hand. And I was like, what? And then when they had normal draws, I, I got dashed. But um, yeah, so Alurus feels like it might still be a player. Maybe that green splash is is legit. Um. Feel like yeah. format feel like it's a bit more playable, um, a bit more enjoyable right now that there's no memory lapse. Yeah, memory lapse gone. There's still a decent bit of control, a lot of Nev on the ladder. People love. I think that's the deck I've been playing against the most, just five color Nev. But that deck would definitely benefit from no memory lapses in the format. Yeah, definitely. I think the format is. I'm not sure because I. I've been playing people mostly playing, I think, their pet deck or Bruise or, you know, I mean, Nev is, is pretty solid. I don't know if it's tier one. Um, I'm just excited to see what, what transpires uh, out of the, the qualifier. Yeah, this, this arena PDQ that's coming up this weekend, this weekend or, or next, is, is the first big historic event since the shakeup, right? Yeah, but it's unclear if everyone really has a clue. Uh, I see why it's good because the games the games take a little while and you've got 20 different ways to build your John Food deck. You have Citadel, Company, 
just trail. You've got the new squirrel. That's good. You've got a version that's straight up black, green with Lurus. You get to play uh, Meathood Massacre if you want to. And it has the new Shambling Gas and the new Squirrel. And doesn't you know, it's just a Lurus deck, so it doesn't have any of the expensive stuff. So that alone is just such a headache, honestly. And same for Phoenix. There's a lot of creatures you can play, a lot of good creatures you can play, but you can't play all of them. Season Pyromancers, House of a Card, and Control's kind of still okay. You've got maybe Creativity decks that can still be good. So, yeah, I think it, it's probably a cool format, but it's also overwhelming. There are certainly just so many cards in Historic that you just don't even really know. They're so sort of dis- dis- disconnected, these sort of cards that have been introduced, like the Jumpstart things and the Mystical Archives stuff. I just can't have a hard time keeping track of what's legal and what's not. Yeah, not only that, but there's not a ton of data. There's not a ton of uh, streamers necessarily playing Historic. And it feels like an open format and kind of... Maybe people testing with their their two or three friends, you know, the people qualified they're testing with their small group, coming up with stuff. Kind of almost feel like maybe a little of the old days. I don't know. Maybe people are not even kind of testing their guys going to play some stock stock Phoenix deck or stock uh, stock Chomsky deck. Who knows? But I think we'll see some cool stuff. I think I think it's going to reward. You're going to see the, the the players who prepared be rewarded probably for this weekend. Because there's not there's not a ton out there, honestly. There was one pretty big tournament in historic last weekend. It was actually a Red Bull stop for Japan. And I'm not sure why, but it was historic. And the top the top two finishing players were playing Is it Phoenix was the egg actually? The creature base was four Chandler, four Egg, four Phoenix, two Oxavagonus. And other other card that you don't usually see was four Archmage Charm, too. And four Oxavagonus, wow. Yeah, and the, the, the other deck that did the best was Monogreen Splash Black for Scrounger and some sideboard cards. Oh, I saw had... that list online, actually, yeah. The deck was yeah. interesting. I haven't seen a deck like that since, like, you know... Demir Inverter era pioneer. Yeah, no, that that deck's been been around in in modern in, in historic for a while. The the monogreen splash splash black. They usually play the the seventh. It used to play the rotting register and the great henge. This version is a little different. Right. They play werewolf pack leader, and they play kind of the standard creatures. The old gross troll, the the werewolf pack leader. You get pet collector Lanaralf, and and you get to play uh, company. So I'm sure, once again, that's kind of the deck. There's so many creatures you can play. Uh, I, I kind of thought the Rotting Register, Scrap Reach, Crunch, or Synergy was kind of cool in, in the old version. But um, yes, that's another deck. I have, deck a, great, I have a great worry about sleeping up a creature deck and setting it into battle when we kind of assume that Jun Food is at the, the, the top of the metagame. I feel like that deck puts a lot of pressure on just what you're allowed to do in terms of putting things on the battlefield. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, uh, I, I guess I, I could see it. Uh, I was going just for the data of that tournament specifically. Is it Phoenix was actually the most played deck 
and it had a 52.5% win rate. Then you had junk food, 53% win rate. A five-color Nev was the third most played deck. 19 copies was 46% win rate. Then you had White Green Humans, 50% win rate. Mono Red Aggro, 44% win rate. You had Simic Merfolk. That is actually pretty good uh, as well. It had a winning win rate. John Citadel had a winning win rate. So, yeah, nothing too crazy, but uh, still pretty diverse. And, yeah, I think the, 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 this format's a real headache, honestly, because you have a lot of good archetypes and you have a lot of ways to build you know, individual card choices just, uh, I feel like it's even worse than in modern in some ways, because maybe the cards are closer in power level. Yeah, I certainly wouldn't know where to start approaching this format, other than to pick up one of the, you know, either, either is it Phoenix or, or John Food and start working from there. But yeah. Do you want to talk about modern a little bit coming up? Because there's a whole bunch of modern uh, to be played. There's got the mocks coming up, uh, you know, the actual kind of top eight playoff, and then there's like SCG Con and also some pretty wild and expensive decks in the challenge top eights. Yeah, is this SCG Invitational modern as well? I believe it is, yeah. Yeah, because there's some cool events this weekend. There's the mocks, which is eight player tournament, was, I believe, $20,000 for the for first, or maybe even more. I forget, but $70,000 total. Uh, Logan qualified again. There's some other really good players qualified. Uh, Brad Nelson Brad Nelson was tweeting for uh, Modern Deck Advice, and I actually said to him, play Hammer Time if you can master it. And he replied and said, that's the one deck I've been playing in Modern. So, okay. Yeah. But I don't think he's... Uh, is he qualified for the SCGNV? I doubt it. Oh, was he? Not? Oh, well, he tweeted about it, saying, "What should he play me?" I think I think he was playing some a mana traders event uh, past week. Oh, okay, maybe I'm being mistaken. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, he was invited to the mana traders one. Ah, uh, okay, I'm dumb. I'm dumb. But yeah, there's there's two, and I'm assuming both. I mean, Mox definitely streamed. I'm assuming the SCGNV also has a stream. So two two cool events to watch. Was it's a big weekend? It's it's fun weekend. Arena PTQ. I'm sure some people will stream it with a delay. Um, yeah, you know we might not have like great OP system this year. Not much going on, but well, apparently there's still a lot going on. So that's that's nice to see, honestly. Yeah, I'm actually really quite excited to watch a little bit of Paper Magic again. Try and see if I can identify cards for glare. Yeah, sit watch people shuffling. It's actually going to fit a bit of a throwback, I think. Yeah, true, true. Do you think people are just going to start fumbling their decks as they shuffle, just not used to shuffling anymore? No way. I sat through half of lockdown shuffling a deck. Okay, I think I went through fair. like three packs of sleeves just sh shuffling cards just to, for the fun yeah. of it. When I went and played in paper as well, I was feeling pretty reasonable about yeah. shuffling. Now, apparently there's no there's no coverage for SCGNV or no no stream, but you're still going to get the Mox coverage, which is they usually do a really good job, and it's cool format. It's modern and vintage cube, so two of my favorite formats, or two formats I play the most on Magic Online, and the I'm I'm yeah, I, this is more really cool event, but as far as new decks and stuff, I'm more looking forward to. Uh, to the, the arena arena PTQ. 
But yeah, modern. Do you guys play it all this week? Because I, I sure haven't touched a, a modern a digital modern cards. I wish I played modern. I've just been too busy. What about you, Pat? Yeah, I've been under the pump uh, professionally as well. But I did actually take a chance to stream a little bit uh, Ooh. in the last kind of, since, at least since I was last on the cast. I don't know if it was before last episode or not. Played, had a bit of a Friday at home, kind of just took a personal day and Teddy was at nursery and I uh, I fired up the stream and I, I had a really nice time playing. Oh. oh, hello, Teddy. How's it going? I had a really nice time playing prelim with um with Blue Red Merc Tide. Um, not sure that deck's in a great spot in modern at the moment, to be perfectly fair. Uh, but, you know, I had, had a nice time playing again. But no, I haven't been playing a huge amount of modern. Just, just been tracking the results and seeing what's going on. Been seeing you've been playing a lot of Hammer, though, in the uh on the card market stream yeah i think honestly one thing we should really talk about this week is like uh people are oh wait 20 yeah yeah people have the um the like not gp but you know the first big paper event coming up people are kind of starting to go to bigger fnms like not just fnm like proper tournaments like for example um in Spain, they're having, I believe, forty person nationals this weekend. Yeah, wow. I believe. Yeah, I'm actually playing. I'm gonna. I'm at the end of November. I'm gonna play a a, a paper tournament like on a Saturday, with like you know for like dual land prizes or whatever here in Oxford. Yeah, so, like, so paper events are happening. Yeah, you've got the the big event in Vegas to the the yeah. Channel Fireball. Uh, I guess they call it MTG Las Vegas. That's the hashtag. It's November nineteenth, twenty one. Modern main event, $25,000. Price pool, Crimson Vow Seal deck, $25,000. And I, I keep seeing people like, who's going to Vegas? Who's going to be in <laughs> Vegas? Oh, I wanted jealous. to go. Yeah, I know. Yeah, even you wanted to go out. I was like, I don't think I don't think that's very sound financial uh, uh, management, but... If I uploaded 10 YouTube videos, I could go. <laughs> but um, if, if Harry... Yeah, I know. I've been starved for new Harry content. Yeah, I know. I sh- I, I'm planning on getting back into it. But what I was going there was... Um, you just save, uh, save up some money and go when they have normal... Because they usually have these events during the World Series of Poker. Usually it's, you know, you have the, the World Series of Poker during the summer and they always run the big Vegas event during that time because they know there's already going to be people and stuff, so... Hopefully next year that's uh, just save up money and go next year and go play some, you know, maybe go play a small, uh, see up for a small uh, World Series event. Okay, okay. You know how to treat a man. <laughs> you know how to treat him. But anyways, where I was going with that with all the paper tournaments is, Pat, you said, um, oh, Merktide's not very good right now. Well, I mean, don't forget people over lockdown, they might have thought Merktide's the best deck. I'm going to buy Merktide, get cards stocked up for events. You know, you can't really change... People paper deck yeah you can't really change paper paper decks easily so kind of one question i have for you is you know what what two uh, two, uh changes have you made to the list to kind of play the deck because i know you're a big uh blue red merc tide fanatic so one of the biggest problems problem matchups at the moment i i personally think is blue white control uh, the deck is just kind of set up set up really well against you. You know, Solitude's a nice clean answer to Merktide, so it's hard to go over the top. They have Supreme Verdict. They have, like, the full, like, eight counter spells, four, four counter spell, four Archmage. Um, and then they, to top it off, they have, like, four Teferi Time Rabbit and, and Chalice of the Void. So there's a lot of problematic cards for, for Blue-Red. 
I've made a small number of concessions that match up. Like I've been trying out copies of Spellsnare, uh, one one main one sideboard, just to try and snag chalices on the draw a little more effectively, but also counter, you know, win counter spell fights in the mid game. Um, I've gone to four counter spells in the main deck instead of um, you know, one of the Archmage charms. You know, playing a single force of negation, uh, main deck engineered explosives, and just sideboarding out a lot of Merktides against them as well. Uh, playing that matchups kind of. I, I'm not going to say that I've got got my kind of uh, main deck list in a spot where I can configure it to be like really favorable, but you know, with some kind of tight play and not exposing yourself to any two for ones, I, I feel like it's a sort of matchup where you can kind of trade cards in a more manner efficient way than they can. And so that that's been a matchup that's like an, an interesting puzzle to solve, I think. And I'm happy with where I've got things at the moment. Um, pretty low on blood moons at the moment. Just kind of have the alpine moons there to to, to snag as a saga and relying on kind of more fair interaction to beat the you know, the kind of multicolor mid range and control decks that I was you know bringing blood moon against previously. Not much else to say uh, apart from that, really. Uh, just still pretty standard though, like. Um, torpor orbs for elementals, engineered explosives to clean up hammer time, and um, also rhinos, uh, relic of progenitors because that's probably the best thing in the mirror. Though, honestly, I could probably I could see cutting cutting down on that because and maybe having something a little bit more powerful and effective against living end, and then just a suite of counter spells and some jaces. Have been trying um, some things. Uh, sorry, yeah, yeah. Ask, ask the question. The only question is, you say that that blue white is the worst matchup, right? I don't think it's oh. the worst matchup explicitly, but I think it's a challenging matchup. Oh, okay, because I was going to say I thought Hammer Time was probably the yeah. the main culprit for the deck, right? Hammer, Hammer Time is definitely uh, the matchup I want to play the least, I think, on paper. I think that, like, Blue-White blue white should be kind of in a more kind of, like, zoomed out, like, macro macro sense. Like, Blue-White should, should be at a disadvantage against a deck like Blue-Red just because of the mana efficiency issue. But the way they built their deck with, you know, all their chalices and stuff like that, they have ways of just kind of just haymakering you in, in game one, and you just have no real counterplay to that. So mm. you've got to really thread the needle pretty carefully against them. Yeah, the only reason why I ask is because you mentioned main deck engineered explosives, and I mean, with Doomweight kind of pushing, Rhinos is a good deck, Hammer Time's a good deck, uh, Chalice of the Void's a problem. To me, engineered explosives seems great. E on zero kills rhinos, E on zero kills chalice, and E on one wipes away every problematic permanent you kind of scared of in hammer time. So I guess from the outside looking in, I personally would be going for main deck EE, but you said, what was your go-to? Force of uh, negation, wasn't it? I have like one force in the main and one force in the board, but I like the engineered explosives in the main as well. I have three oh, copies cool. of my 75 at all points in time at the moment. Oh, nice. Okay, nice. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, I thought Elementals was a really tough matchup, even though now I think they don't play, they don't always play the Cavern of Souls anymore. So I'm guessing that that makes a, a pretty decent difference. But I remember just playing these two Torpor Orbs in my sideboard pretty much only for that, just for that matchup. It was the, 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 the one where I really struggled and... Um, have you played against these new versions of elementals and are they I, is I it have, better or worse i haven't but if they're cutting down on chalice of the boy i'm sorry chalice of, on cutting down on cabin of souls then i think that 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 plays into your hands 
uh, quite a lot. I think the, the only card I really struggled with at that matchup was 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 a uh, cavern assault. It just changes the dynamic so much when you can't really rely on spending two mana to counter the four mana sorceries. You know, it's just yeah. it just changes the dynamic too much, so much, and puts so much pressure on you. So you suddenly have to kind of you know try and be more aggressive and you know end the game quickly. You just try and like you know close your eyes and hope your Merktide kills them. Um, so yeah, if they if they're lower on uh, on on cavernous souls, then I think that matchup should be okay, especially if you've got the the torpor orbs, which honestly might be less effective now that they're kind of shaving down on stuff like they're they're not all in on kind of um, risen reefs and all the various different like elementals. If it's a bit more kind of like normalish mid range. Yeah, that's a good point. Maybe maybe just maybe you still want one copy, but might not even be. If you can just fight them with disputes, maybe especially yeah. on there, they don't have counter. Disputes yeah. pretty, pretty, pretty good against them. And it's a card I have one copy on my sideboard. I don't know. Yeah. It's probably the sort of thing where like your main deck's actually pretty sweet against them. You just have like, you just have eight removal spells, like six or seven counter spells, bit of pressure. Yeah. What about blue white control? Because blue white control, you look at the list on paper, like man, they have chalice for this, they have verdict for that. They have Solitude, they have Counters, they have Teferi Time Raveler, and it looks like it should be bad, but in practice, it, it's not. It, it was, like, I think slightly Murktide favored. I think you sounded like you agreed. Would you say the, the Force Solitude and maybe Memory Deluge, do these cards make a difference? The Fairy Chalice the way, to... the way that they build is doing about everything they can to make what is a bad matchup on paper. Well, as, as a kind of like, you know, kind of broad stroke magic sense, should be a bad matchup into a matchup that's pretty scary. Yeah. But my, my strategy has always been don't get. So even even though like Solitude is really good against Murktide, they still two for one themselves to cast, to, to flash it and to play for free. So that's like an advantageous strategy in a lot of respects, even if it's like mana advantageous for them. You. S- you, Supreme Verdict is not a good card against you unless like you're just dumping your hand into play. So just go one creature at a time. Yeah. Um, don't expose yourself to Chalice or to Fairy if you don't have to. And you know, just just see if you can just fight fight a game where you essentially just trade your resources one for one, but you always just spend spend one amount on your cards, and they spend like three or four or whatever. Exactly. I think that's like that's that's the way to make the matchup good for you. And then post board, you obviously like. Pick up a whole bunch more tools. Yeah, because because the blue white deck hasn't changed a ton, honestly. I I think maybe they play a third chalice. Maybe I guess a big difference is for solitude and memory deluge. Do you think that made blue red's life tougher or easier? It's the fourth solitude, and it's also like the full suite of counter magic. So like the four the four counter spells and the four charms that make it. That's that part's really challenging as well them just having the the draw two slash extra hard counters in the in in the mid game and also something that can just steal your threat like uh it's a pretty if you're if you're relying on just being like you know one dragon rage channel or one rag amount at a time having that card stolen by off channel is pretty bad i think it's like one big thing as a control player is i feel like uh a lot of things in the past we we would always say dash ragavan against control they'll struggle because you can't prismatic ending a dash ragavan but now control are getting access to way more uh, tools in solitude. Like they're not a sorcery speed control deck anymore, really, because that's what I felt like it was at the start of the meta. 
And uh, yeah, I think that's why control is a lot better positioned, yeah. as well as solitude on a Merc Tide is so hard. I mean, it's yeah. it's becoming a lot harder to counter things by blue white with four Tef, as well as the uh, uh, the you know the uh, how do I explain it? The time they can cast their spells, when they can cast their spells, is getting way more awkward yeah. for Merc Tide. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you. Like that that. The flash element, you know, maybe even like the, the memory gel users and stuff, they play some number of copies of that as well. So they do have this like good flash game against you. So yeah, it's difficult to thread the needle. Like I like I've been saying, it's one that yeah, it's it's not easy. I don't think. Yeah, and the biggest thing as well with uh, memory deluge is um, while you can memory deluge for solitude plus white card, a lot of the time for me, I've found that. You memory deluge for a trashy white card to pitch so that you still have your good white card in hand. Like, I feel like a lot of the time you'll have, like, one Teferi Time Raveler in hand. You don't want to pitch it. You memory deluge, and then you get, like, I don't know, whatever, a different white card you can pitch it. And then you still have that consistent, like, good threat next turn. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've already played played that matchup. Like, I haven't been playing a massive amount over the last, last month or so, but... When I have played, I've played that matchup quite a lot. It's been quite popular in Magic Online. And I've been winning it. But at the same time, I don't think that if I was playing, like, against, like, people who are, like, really playing seriously, I don't think I would get as much mileage as I, as I am getting out of the way that I'm playing. I think that it's exploitable, certainly, from, the you know, the way they can build a deck or to just even play the games. That's a pretty interesting one, though, where, like, that main deck, main deck engineer explosives really come in handy. Um, I had like my, my opponent turn to chalice me, and like I just sat sat with chalice and played for, like five turns or whatever, and then like drew my engineered explosives, and then like in the the only thing I could do in the interim period was like counter a couple of end of turn Archmage charms to like stop them drawing cards, and I just suddenly I was ahead on resources when I opened the chal when I blew up the chalice, and it was that was a really interesting game. I kind of won that one with eight cards in my library, and like yeah, my opponent accused me of having it all. Well, you know, I had all fifty two out of sixty of them all. But I, I don't think I would recommend this deck if I was like going to go and play like a big high stakes tournament at the moment. I think I would recommend playing something like Blue White or maybe one of these elemental decks or um or even Hammer Time. Cool. I think kind of going alongside the idea of talking about Blue White and whatever is um looking the top eight of the Saturday Challenge canister. Well, there was a huge streamer top eight, which I think is quite cool. So you have some VODs to look at. We have Spike in first place, Doomwake in second place, and Canister in third place. But kind of one of the biggest takeaways is Canister's playing this interesting, like, four-color blink deck. you got four Ren, four to fit. I'm not going to list off. You can kind of work it out. But it's all the bombs, four colors. you got Omnath in there. But um, something I want to highlight is you've got Ice Fang Kodal coming back into Modern. And I believe that... um. What is it? People are starting to identify this. I think if you're playing Ragavan, you should be playing Snowlands. I believe it was Edgar Magish who made a tweet, um, a screenshot of having Ice Fang Kodlin play from Ragavan and not having snow basics and like having to chump a Tarmogoyf instead of killing it, which I thought was pretty funny. But um, I guess like big advice for people going paper tournaments is that if you're playing Ragavan, make sure you get snow basics. But I also think it's pretty sick that there's this streamer top eight, eh? 
Yeah, it was cool. I caught the very end of it, Doomwig versus Spike, both playing kind of their their homebrews. Um, Spike was asked for reanimator, and Doomwig was that Yorion Rhino deck he's been championing. But I feel like it's kind of deck that he's winning a lot with, but not sure if other people are winning with. Um, so that was cool to see. The, the, I, I don't know how you, you how you put more three drops into your like into your, why, why i want to yeah. play 20 more cards so i can play some more threes i just don't get it yeah it makes no sense right that that deck would really want yorion but but i guess he uh you know he, he did really well i guess the deck of the last couple of weeks for me clearly if you look at the the, the results and the numbers of people making top is just that yorion snow elementals deck and i'm not sure who played it first because Canister has been I think playing it's Japanese streamer played it first. Okay, okay, that, is that was that because Canister has been playing Elementals for ever now, but he was mostly on on sixty cards and I know um, what's his name, super super uh, super good grinder who I guess doesn't play as much anymore but still seems to do well when he shows up. He he top aided one of the events last week with that deck. That deck's been yeah all over the place and. I wonder if it's not going to be, you know, have the field in, in that Mox tournament, because I feel like that's probably what I would play. You know, Canister has been crushing with Elementals for months, and he's on that train now, and he, he did well this weekend, so. I mean, this that deck really just looks great on paper to me. It's the perfect deck for Yorion as well. Like, the Blink effect obviously has a lot of mileage. But also when people have been building these Elementals decks, there's been this tension as to like, you know, what direction do I go? Do I go like Risen Reefs and like full like creature value? Do I like just play eight Planeswalkers and skip a bunch of the creatures? And you just kind of get to have your cake and eat it too with your Orion. Like all your cards are so close to another in power level and you really kind of do want to play like, you know, 70 or 80 cards. So like it just kind of makes a perfect sense. Yeah, it really does, right? Take a good deck, mid range, add Yorion. You get you get it all. You get to play yeah. a great. Is that mid-range. the antithesis of the Rhino the Rhino eighty card Rhino deck? But that deck has like no no business playing Yorion. And this deck has all the business playing Yorion. Yeah, you get all the best cards. You get the Fairy Time Raveler, Ren and Six. You get Omnath. You, you get great mid 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 range game, great late game. You get good early game too because you have the, the the good cheap removal and the free elementals, the pitch. You get to play. I was gonna say you get to play four endurance in your sideboard, but Canister, anyways, only had two. Um, I'm not sure if that's stuck. I, I think I've also seen people just have endurance in the main deck. Um, the, the card that's kind of, and you even get to play a little Soul Herder, right? The the deck, the versions now play Witness and Ephemerate. Canister had four Witness for Ephemerate. I don't know if that's always been the case, or if the numbers on these cards kept going up. Even have the one-time warp for the infinite turns. Yeah, that, that deck, it just looks great, right? It's just the, be- the beauty of playing 80 cards, right? Like, I know that, that the Ephemerate Witness Loop is, like, something that was, like, a big player when you were even building, like, Bad Sold Herd with, like, Modern Horizons 1. And, like, you know, you play 80 cards, you get to have, have it all. Yeah, I mean, I can't believe we're going back to a modern where it's like, oh, let's just add Yorion so that we can have even more good cards in the deck. That's just kind of, I feel like it's really showing the power level of the format right now. We're just having so many big bombs. Like Omnath is a four mana creature and it's considered like a game ending in modern. It's scary. 
I guess you can't prismatic ending in Omnath too. That's what's making it so good. But I guess you can solitude it. I don't know. But Omnath to me is a really scary creature in the format right now, especially if you're having Yorion. Um, I mean, to me, it kind of makes sense to have it in. To have I kind you guys were saying you don't get the Rhinos AD cards, but I kind of get it because I feel like when I played Rhinos, because I've played I think I've played maybe like almost ten leagues of Rhinos. I feel like there's a lot of games where you just like flood out badly because there's no real cantripping in the deck, and that's where the Yorion comes in. Like it's just kind of a trashy, like it lets you do something with your mana while you're waiting. And top decking lands. And you don't ruin the consistency of the deck. Because you get um, uh, ardent play. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. You pick, I, up another, you pick up another Cascade. Okay. I guess you I'm, kind of you kind of want Teferi Time Raveler. You you almost have not enough space for all the cards you want to play. So you don't mind playing the extra 20 cards. And then you get a free a little freebie that... It's going to win you a bunch of games. Yeah, why not? Yeah, I think pretty the only complaint is that... Too. Say that again? It's pretty good at blocking Rhinos in the mirror, too. Ooh, true, true. Yeah, I think the only complaint is, one, you're adding white mana to your mana base, so if you have, like, basic planes in your opening hand, that's quite bad. Uh, and you have less consistent uh, gemstone cavern draws. Oh, he just doesn't even play gemstone cavern, I believe. Yeah. I you can't justify playing the Singleton Gemstone Cavern when you have 80 cards, surely. It's yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing is as well, is that's one thing as well. For me, I, I like, I didn't like Gemstone Cavern in the Rhino deck, but you kind of have to play it. And I like that he just completely removed it. More consistent mana base. It felt so bad top decking Gemstone Cavern when you have one on the battlefield. To me, I, I, I like it. I like it, to be honest. I, I'm, I'm going to try, I'll try it. I'll try it. Oh, I can't try it. It's 2,000 tickets. <laughs> I was going to say I'll try on Car Market Stream tomorrow. It's literally 2K. It. Yeah, maybe. Okay, I might try this deck out. Jesus, this is expensive. That's kind of the story of the format at the moment, though. For 200. Do you own Solitude? Oh, my gosh. Solitude's 330 tickets for four? Yeah, it's it's obscene. What the? Okay then. Wow, that that is actually nuts. What do you think? Like, is this something that Watsy should be concerned about when they look at this? Or should they be like, "Oh, Solitude's w way too much money"? Do you think they should? They would care about this. They really do explicitly say they don't give a shit about the secondary market. They they you know, actively don't comment on it. Right. Because I'm. I'm only thinking that this just makes MTGO so not accessible to even just like grinders. Because, like, I would say. It's the scarcity of MH2. Like, if they just had MH2 drafts up all the time, like, it wouldn't mm. be this expensive, right? Yeah, it's just no one opens sense. product on. People don't just bust boxes of product on, on Magic Online. They draft it. That's the only way cards get in the ecosystem. That and treasure ah! chest. Yeah, just moderns pay to win now. Can you afford the the eighty card uh, like Yuri on deck with all the it's very expensive cards? I have most of the cards here if you want. I can I can I can lend them to you. Or at least lend you some cards and then you 
Rent yeah. the rest. Okay, okay. Yes, I will try out this 80,000 card, um, 20,000 ticket MGGO deck tomorrow. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think, to be honest, I like the fact that, you know, we can see Aspiring Spike coming first with Reanimator and Doomwake's got his own deck. I feel like Modern right now is somewhat healthy. I think there are very obvious best cards in the format, but I haven't really seen a Modern like this in a while where it's like every week a new deck kind of wins a challenge. Yeah, no, it's nice. It's nice that people trying actually still manage to come up with new stuff. Um, problem is there's not a ton of incentive if you're not a, a streamer or content creator and people just don't have that kind of time. You know, I'm sure Spike spends just so much time on stream, off stream, thinking about decks, trying out decks. Uh, but it is it is cool to see uh, still evolutions after you know months and months and lots of tournament results. That's yeah, that's always always nice. Yeah, definitely. Um, hmm. Anything else in modern you guys want to get into? <laughs> well, sounds like we lost Pat too. Want, I, I just want to say that like. Dark Confident in Hammer Time is a cool inclusion. Dark Confident in Hammer Time? Where's that? Uh, second second place in the PDQ or the Sunday Challenge. I can't remember which. Second. It's a card that's seen, seen a bit of play over the last couple of weeks. Like, it'd have been a bit of a sideboard option. But then someone just has three in their main deck instead of Ingenious Smith. And I'm just kind of like... So Modern's kind of got to that point where, like, people are just bad at, like, spot removing at the moment. Because like Merktide's on the down, and so there's not many Ragavans around, so people have got like a little bit less spot removal in their deck, so you can just be like Bob and just go ham. That's nuts. Yeah, I never even considered that as a card in the deck. Everything's one and two. Digs you to Sagas. Okay. Yeah, I mean, obviously, just Dark on is a busted magic card. It's still really, really good. I mean, even if they kill it, you got Lurus. Exactly. It's like a, a card advantage engine you can play out under Lurus as well. It's great. I really like it. I'm not sure if I like get down with three in the main, but I, I really like the inclusion of the 75. Mm-hmm. Like it seems that blue black, uh, so black white, sorry, is the uh, like the way that the consensus best build of Hammer at the moment. Okay, well, I think I think we're definitely exhausted on opinions on modern, but one thing I think that we should kind of highlight is what do we think is the deck to be in the format? Because like I said, people right now, the most common questions are like um tournament relay like oh i'm going to this tournament like what do we think is the deck to beat i think it's between i i'll start it off i think it's between oh, we could just put our life on the line right Ooh. i believe that's a segment in this podcast that we routinely do life on the line okay yeah we can go life on the line i guess i guess that kind of has it okay fine life on the line for those new listening who don't know what life on the line is theoretical tournament tomorrow when the event you live lose you die and I think that the two decks to beat right now are Hammer Time and Crashing Footfalls or uh, just the, the Rhino's deck. So what deck should I play to beat that? Honestly, I'm going to go Control with four Chalice. Maybe like load up on E's in the side, two E's in the side. Um, yeah, I think that's honestly the perfect thing to go with, right? You got Teferi Time Raveler for Rhino's. 
you got chalice and stuff to try and beat hammer time. I think that's kind of your best go-to. So I'm going to go blue eye control. Let's go. Yeah, I'm definitely playing that Yurion Snow Elementals deck. I think I would play Blue White. I think probably 60 cards, maybe 80. I know Waffle had been streaming with like various different versions, and I've seen him play the 80 card Yurion version of Blue White. I think Blue White's the deck to beat at the moment. I just, it's powerful, flexible, got you know good good answers to ver- all all the things that people are asking, and yeah. I just think that's the way it's it's a deck to be at the moment. Okay. Um, and then I guess we should do the price is right. We did solitude Ooh, my last part. Week. Yeah. Uh Absolutely. this week I part. think what about endurance? Sure. Have we done that before? We probably have, but it might have changed since. True, because if solitude's so much money, I feel like endurance is like similar. What about what's the mythic? Endurance is a mythic, I think. Endurance is mythic. Yeah, we could do we could do myth. Yeah, we could do endurance. We could do omnath. Ooh, but was omnath in standard? Yeah, it was. What about dark? Yeah, confidant? I was banned. Dark confidant. <laughs> There's too many prints of dark confidant. I don't mind doing omnath. Or we could do cause... arcana of cruelty, but we might have done that one. Yeah, too we definitely done that one before. We definitely okay. done arcana of cruelty. Yeah. Okay. All right, you guys pick. Uh, endurance. Uh, endurance is fine with me. Sure. Okay. Okay, I'm ready. Oh, I'm not ready at all. Um, endurance. We did solitude last week, really? Yeah. And it was like 50 30, euros. 32? No. I remember some 32 it was, number. It was 51 just... euros. Price trend. All right. All right I, got a, I got my number, I guess. Pat, yeah, you ready? Already. Three, two, one. For me, it's 30 euros. euros. I, I have 45. Okay, 30, 35, and 40. Did you say 45 or 40, Gab? I said 45. Okay. Going to Card Market's website, our sponsor, and using their very high-tech search engine. Hashtag the price trend is... No, it's 34.7. I'm very, very smart. Wow. Oh. Rigged. Dude, I'm never going to win one of these, I swear. Not if you keep getting it wrong. Yeah, yeah. It's called the price of right, Harry. <laughs> okay, whatever, whatever. Okay, well, I guess that kind of wraps up this week's episode. If you did make it this far into the episode, thank you so much for listening and uh, for just generally supporting the cast. And I guess we will catch you lot next week. Peace. Yeah, that thanks. is not how we wrap up episodes, my friend. Is it not? Oh, yeah, no. Where do we find you on the internet? Oh, my gosh. Sorry, I'm so tired. For those who don't know, I have a fun fact. I now do ballroom dancing on Tuesdays. Yeah, you heard that right. I'm a that ballroom dancer. I want to start taking up dance lessons this year. Too. Yeah. Not ballroom, but... So I'm so tired. Um, uh, Or exhausted, I mean. But, uh, okay, Gav, where can we find you on the internet? That's it. On Twitch, twitch.tv slash yellowhat. I have a YouTube channel to yellowhat and on Twitter at Gabnasif. Cool. You can find me anywhere on the internet at HaremTG, but I mean I haven't streamed or done YouTube in like two months now. I really, I really want to get back into YouTube. Um I'm just so lazy. But um yeah, just whatever. I guess uh, card market right now, card market switch. 
car markets YouTube. What about you, Pat? You can find me correcting Harry's mistakes at the end of podcasts. <laughs> okay, sick. Awesome. Well, if you made it this far into the episode, we appreciate you making it here. Appreciate your support. I've been Aaron like you've done this already. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm messing this up. Just, we'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening. <laughs> yeah, later, everyone. Take care, everyone. Peace.